you pray with me? Father, we come to your word tonight. Lord, we ask you to open it to us. Father, we ask that you would feed us, that you would set before us a table in the presence of our enemies. Lord, I pray for your anointing upon my lips. Lord, upon the ear to hear, keep us alert. Lord, it's uh, as our bodies adjust to the time change, Lord, we ask you for help. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, so we should be on chapter 12. We're good. Yeah. So we've been talking about the church for some time. We're all the way up to, in in chapter 26, we're on uh, paragraph 12, not chapter 12. Speaking of the church, and we have a couple of more applications tonight. So if we look at uh, paragraph 12, last time we talked about the leadership, we talked about the offices within the church being um, two offices, elders, the bishop, elders and bishops being one, is what the confession said, deacons being a second office, and then also there is uh, the office of membership. So tonight we'll talk about that a little bit. As all believers are bound to join themselves to particular churches, remember particular means a local church. We have the church universal, the Catholic church, the Christian church, that's the invisible church. But we also have particular churches, local bodies. So the confession is speaking of the local church. When and where they have opportunity to do so. So that all are admitted unto the privileges of a church. Are also under the censures and the government thereof according to the rule of Christ. So you and I, when we believed, you and I, when God made us a new creature in Christ, we became members of the body of Christ. We were united with Christ. We became children of God, sons of God. We were adopted by God. And we became a member of the true church, the living church. But the confession is speaking of the need to belong to a particular church, to a local church, to be placed there. It uses the term that we're bound to attach ourselves to a local church when possible. That's not always possible. There are circumstances, there are situations, there are places where it's not that simple. But when you can, you ought to. And by the way, it's our belief that every believer needs to be part of a local church. They need to be members, they need to be submitted, they need to be plugged in. And whether that's here, uh, that's between you and the Lord. But we believe that everybody needs to be somewhere. Um, it's, it's where you and I place ourselves under the, the authority of the elders in that assembly. And not only just the elders, but we're in a mutual accountable, we're mutually accountable to one another. We care for one another. And we can be our brother's keeper. And we can do life together. You know that Lone Ranger Christians, they get picked off every time. 
And the enemy has a one-horse strategy. It's all he has. But it's the same every time. We'll talk about that tonight. They get offended. They get alienated. They get destroyed. Same, it's the same strategy every single time. But sometimes we get offended. We can't see it. But there's safety in the local body. There's safety in the local church. So look at Hebrews 10.24. The writer of Hebrews says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So here the writer of Hebrews is saying, Saints, look at one another. Look, and your focus ought to be to care for one another. And to get your focus on other people and to stir up love and good works toward them. Serve them. Give them your love. Serve them with your works. Don't forsake the assembly. Why? Because when you forsake the assembly, parts of the body of Christ are missing. Somebody has a lax. You have a gift. You have something that you come to offer. Not just to come and receive, but to come and give. And when you are lacking... When you are missing, somebody um, doesn't receive what they ought to or could have. And we're to exhort, we're to encourage one another, especially in the days in which we live. Not, we shouldn't even say especially. We should because Scripture says it, but to exhort one another. Build each other up. Encourage one another. Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily. Here it is again, to encourage one another. Build each other up. When? Well, it's called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Again, we get walled off. We get picked off. And in the local church, there is protection. We, we taught last week on elders. And, and their role is shepherd. And they, they, shepherds lead and they feed and they protect the flock of God. That's why God has placed them in the local church. And so for all of us, because elders are sheep too, elders, elders, there's protection for elders in the midst of the local church. And you've heard me say it before, we're a community. Look, we're, here's what Peter calls us. In 1 Peter 2.5 he says, You also, as living stones are being built up a spiritual household. Well, there's something really unique about that verse because stones are inanimate objects. They don't live. They don't breathe. And that's what you and I are before we are in Christ. We are spiritually dead. And God breathes. We're like those dry bones in Ezekiel and God breathes life can these bones live and these bones come to life and they live and that's what God did with you and I he made us to live to regeneration and he takes these dead stones and he makes them alive and then he doesn't leave them by themselves he builds them into a spiritual house he knits them together and he builds you and I into a wall that becomes his dwelling place and guess what? Sometimes he puts us in the wall against other stones that we don't necessarily like. And those stones might rub us wrong, and it takes the rough edges off of both of us. 
And when we allow ourselves to be in relationships like that, we grow a lot. That's what God does. He takes the chisel to us and he says, you know what, this, this rock is, they're building, they're building our church building right now. They're putting beautiful uh, field stone on the lower level, on the, on, on the basement. And if you've ever seen a mason take out the chisel and start knocking off chunks, it's pretty radical. Sometimes God takes the chisel out and he uses other people to do it. Hopefully it's done in love, right? But in that local church, what's it say? There's privileges. And think about the prodigal. Remember when he finally came to his senses, he said, my father's servants eat far better than what I'm eating here. And people leave the local church and they're out there by themselves and they think, oh, they feed themselves. And, and they realize there was good food in my father's house. It's really a looking out for one another. It's a caring for one another. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul says, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another. Again, all of this takes place in the context of a local church, just as you also are doing. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem, esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren. Warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. So there's protection. And there's care. And there's love in the local church. And as we saw last week, the elders should shepherd the flock. Peter said, shepherd the flock which is among you. Not lording it over, but, but leading from within the flock. Caring for each other. We see uh, the removal in, in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 1 Corinthians 5. Those are some of our proof texts where we see church discipline, the withdrawal uh, from disorderly brethren where there's protection. And then lastly, Hebrews 13, 17, those, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls. As those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So it's helpful for elders in local church. When, when, you, when, when you become a member of a local church, elders then know who they're accountable for and who's, who, who, in a sense, is, is there committed. Again, everybody belongs somewhere. Let's go to paragraph 13. Uh, David, no church members, upon any offense taken by them, having performed their duty required of them towards the person they are offended at, ought to disturb any church order or absent themselves from the assemblies of the church or administration of any ordinances upon the account of such offense at any of their fellow members but to wait upon Christ in the further proceeding of the church. So the first assumption here is that the church, the local church, is practicing church discipline, which we do. We've never had to, but, but we hold to church discipline. And so what are they saying <clears throat> in modern English? Hey, if you're offended, you are not to withhold your attendance. You're not to tear things up with anarchy. You're not to blow up the church. 
You know what you're to do? You know what I'm to do? Suffer. Suffer it. And wait patiently on Christ. See, offenses are going to come. Somebody's going to offend you. I'm going to offend you. Uh, Other people within the church are going to offend you. People are going to offend me. They will come. But it's like a marriage. You work it out because you're in a covenant. You're in a covenant of love. And so you work it out. You deal with it. Ephesians 4.2. Here's the attitude. With all lowliness, that's humility, by the way, and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's how we ought to be. Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do also. You know, we all love to hear 1 Corinthians 13 at, at weddings, but think of it. Love suffers long, bears all things, endures all things. In one of the test saints, you realize that the epistles of John, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, all of these are tests. And you can, you can read through those, and, and, and here's a good test to see if I'm in the faith. And one of the questions that, <clears throat> that John asks in 1 John 2.9, he says, He who says that he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. And he who loves his brother abides in the light. There is no cause of stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So our first position is to suffer the offense. How many times are you and I to forgive our brother? How many? Seventy times seven. And actually it's a lot more than that. One of my children and I are working on multiplying with zeros. So I would ask, but I won't. I won't ask right now. So I, I had a, I have had an opportunity to meet this uh, guy that I've been thinking about. I would like to have him mentor me. He's he's about fourteen years older than me, and um, he's run many many big large businesses. Very successful Christian businessman, and he told me an amazing story. He said when he was a kid, his dad was a pastor in a local church in Indiana. And the, uh, he took a stand in the community. The new high school wanted to have their mascot to be the Red Devils. And he took a stand. I mean, this is, 
This is, so Daryl's 71, so this is a long time ago, right, when, you know, and he took a stand in the community that we don't want our mascot to be named after the devil. And a couple of the deacons mocked him over that, and they thought this, they, that he, by taking that stand, he embarrassed the church. And so over that issue, they forced his father out as the pastor. And uh, so it's, that Saturday they did this to this man, a godly man. And that Saturday night... Daryl says to his dad, where are we going to church tomorrow, Dad? He said, we're going to church where we always go to church. And they continued to go to that church for many, many years. In fact, Daryl, now 71 years old, says, I still go to that church. Do you see what that father taught his children? His example of long-suffering and bearing all things and... uh, Kind of a neat, neat story. Paragraph 14. As each church and all members of it are bound to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all the churches of Christ in all places and upon all occasions to further everyone within the bounds of their places and callings and the exercise of their gifts and graces, so the churches, when planted by the providence of God, so as they may enjoy opportunity and advantages for, advantages for it, ought to hold communion among themselves for their peace, increase of love, and mutual edification. So here, the confession says we're bound We're commanded to pray for leaders, for believers to grow in grace and in the knowledge of his will. We're commanded to pray for other churches and other brethren. You know, we often do that. I'm glad that Mr. Law started putting the the ministries and, and other families in the bulletin every week so that we can pray for them. Do you realize how often Paul does this? If you look at Paul's letters, if you look at his intro as he as he writes to a church, or in, in the conclusion, as he's ending it, you see the relationship that he has. And in Philippians, it's, it's Paul and Timothy writing to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi. And he says, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you all, always in every prayer of mine making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart in as much as both of my bonds and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers of my grace. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more always in all knowledge. You see, you see Paul, his passion for the church, praying for them. And we are, you and I are to pray for other believers, for other churches. We're to pray together as a church. You know, they say, right, the family that prays together stays together. Hey, the church that prays together stays together. And if we want to see, I think, honestly, conversions, if we want to see growth 
we want to see an impact in this community. It's, it's, it starts here on a Sunday night in prayer. And we're placed here by the Lord in a local church, not just to be ministered to, but to serve with the gifts that we are given by God. You see that in the middle of the paragraph, in the exercise of their gifts and graces, places and callings. And God has given you gifts and talents that are to be spent on his people here. And then he talks a lot about love. John 13, 34, one of our proof texts. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one for another. And I'm not talking, we see here, this communion is between local churches, that we're not warring with other local churches. What they're not saying you know, and it was Lloyd-Jones, one of the few that stood against the ecumenical movement in the 60s where they wanted to, let's just forget about doctrine, let's just love each other. No, doctrine really, really matters. People's salvation is at stake if we don't get the doctrine right. So it's not unity at any cost. It's truth first. But our heart always ought to be unity and love. I was telling somebody last week, you know, somebody had asked Whitfield, you know, Wesley is the Arminian and Whitfield, the, you know, the Calvinist. And asking Whitfield if he thought that he would see Wesley in heaven. He said, I probably won't see him. Not because he won't be there, but because he will, he will be so close to the throne of God worshiping him. And I'll be so far back. It was the attitude they had towards one another. John seventeen twenty one, That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, one, that the world may know that you have sent me. Mr. Law talked this morning about uh, the role of men and women and in our marriages. If, if, If we actually practice that, that the world would be astounded by it. Think about how the world would be astounded if as Christians we loved one another and cared for one another in this manner. And we ought to, by the grace of God, aspire to do that. A couple more verses here. Ephesians 4.1. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So God gave gifts to the church to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry till we all come to maturity, till we all grow up into Christ who is our head. And then turn with me to Colossians 
one. Because I don't think there's a passage that is more beautiful at, at, at really showing us this. Just the attitude, the heart attitude that Paul had and how you and I can pray. And even as we go to prayer tonight here in a few minutes, think about this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to all the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to his heart. And by the way, you can pray this for other people. And if you, if you want to pray for somebody, you don't know how to pray for them, pray Colossians 1. Just insert their name. He says, we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you, as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Would you like somebody to pray this for you? Hey, I would like to pray for you and you to pray for me, that I would be filled with all knowledge of his will in all wisdom and in all spiritual understanding. That you walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And then lastly, you think about, not only did he pray, but you think about the care of these churches. Think about the Macedonian Christians. You see it pop up in, 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 a, in a couple of the uh, letters to the churches where they were taking an offering, they were giving The Macedonians were unique because they were giving generously out of their poverty to support the brethren which were suffering in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem was in great trouble. And they were, the the Macedonians wanted to give generously out of their poverty. Paul uses them as as an example. But here you see the love and the care for other churches. I heard of a church in Houston once they had a couple of million dollars in the bank and they were saving to do a big addition to their auditorium. And there was another Baptist church in Houston that was going bankrupt. They had gotten in over their head and all the other churches were kind of, well, it serves them right. At one church, you know what they did? They said, he went, the pastor went in front of the congregation and said, we're going to stop our building. We're going to stop our building program. Until we get these other guys out of debt, because they're bringing shame on the on the name of Christ, and they stopped their project and they gave their money to the other church so they could make things right 
And then they went back to doing what they were doing. I think the Lord blesses that kind of thing. What do you think? And so this communion between different churches, it, you know, some of our associations, you know, with, for us it's with NCFIC, but there, there's, we're not a church that's alone. We have other churches that we're affiliated with that, that we can go to for counsel and that we can pray for and that pray for us. And so that's what this paragraph of the confession is saying. It's a lot to cover in a few minutes, but uh, you have all your proof text in, in probably in the handout. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this local body, and uh, Lord, thank you for knitting us together, for building us up into Christ, who is our head. And Lord, we do pray, even tonight, we pray for uh, the many local churches here in Lake Geneva and this county and you know, southeast Wisconsin, many churches that we're affiliated with. Father, bless them. Bless them with the knowledge of your will. Oh, God, fill them with fruitfulness. Cause them to abound in fruitfulness. Father, keep them from error. Bless them. Bless the work of their hands, Lord. Father, gr- cause them to grow in grace. Cause them to grow in the knowledge of you. And Father, we pray for this body, that we might be built up, that we might love each other more. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.